guys, this is Nerds Who Boner. My name is Gunner. Sitting with me here is Juan, Neil, and John. Today we're going to be talking about the Joker. This, by the way, this is going to be spoiler filled, so if you have not seen the movie, kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> do, oh, yes. Do not watch or do not watch this until you've seen the movie. You've been warned. Spoilers probably happening in three, two, one. God, I love Joker. that. <laughs> I can't believe the Joker died at the end. Bro. Oh my gosh. They showed Batman at the very end? Yeah. Oh my god. That bat signal was crazy. No, but seriously. But seriously, if you have not seen this movie, go out and watch it. This has been one of the best movies this year so far. I I honestly kind of at a loss for words for this movie. It's so well done. Like For a comic book movie, like it's... It's one of a kind. The only thing I could think that even compared would be like Watchmen, you know, but this is just... It's just such an original story, too. Like, I'm not like, you know, so, so, so Gunner and One, and I, I'm not sure about you, Neil, but I know you guys are way more versed in comics, and especially DC Comics than I am. But the, the story, to me, this is the first time this sort of interpretation of Joker's, I think, ever been done, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's... It's a very original. It's amazing. Like, to, to take this so well-established character and create something so visceral and raw with it, mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 wonderful. I agree. I think, uh, but and before, before anyone's like, oh, these are just a bunch of fanboy DC nerds, in, in all honesty, you don't even have to be, like, a super big Joker fan. If you just want to come into it and just look at kind of, like, mental health issues or if you're interested in psychology at all. Uh, to be, to be honest, society, to all. Yeah, society <laughs> or just, like, looks at life, it's very well done. I think the movie works so well on its own that it didn't even have to be the Joker. For it, Would it have gotten as many fans? No. But it's like, it could have been its own just different story, and I think it would have done really well. Yeah, if he hadn't been the Joker in this movie, I think it would have still been as, just as good a yeah. movie. Yeah, for sure. With that thought, it probably wouldn't have been as... as uh critiqued as well yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know I feel like with the way the media has been ripping this apart even as even as like an established you know Joker movie or whatever I feel like they would tear this shit apart if it wasn't a Joker movie you know what I mean but yeah that's true that's they'd true. probably put it in a better light too it's like so? oh this is a movie that we gotta make sure we pay attention to yeah. because society there's it's people in society that like white these, males yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> Uh, but for as people as dark as people are making this movie out to be, honestly, I didn't think it was that dark. Yeah. You know, it had dark elements, but it, just to show, because who wants to see a movie where a guy starts out just being evil and he's evil yeah. the whole movie? I would much rather see the transformation like this movie gave us. He, someone trying to deal with society the best way he can, getting help the only way he knows how, and just yeah. everything failing him. Yeah, it's the like whole that whole system falling yeah. apart, and it's like that is so much more intriguing, and I think that's what is offsetting all these people because you know they're used to Joker just being a one note he's very just evil everything he does is malicious intent yeah. they don't like to see that oh he was a person you know that was going through struggles and just he never got any help and became who he was yeah. I think people are kind of, like that's what people are latching on to no yeah I, you can see that definitely and I think it's just it goes to follow with what we had said in our previous podcast that people try and take things too too literal and they try and make it to where it becomes almost personal right you hate to see a movie where you can see reflections of yourself in it because you're like shit i don't want to turn out to be this type of person or i don't want to turn yeah. out to be but if you remove that element and you just go watch the movie for a movie 
It was a good movie, man. There, yeah. there was there was parts for sure that were really slow because the build up to the to him actually becoming the Joker, I thought was a little a little slow. But overall, like if you go back and you you think about the the story and you think about different different points in it, it's like well, I interpret it this way. But I'm going back and I'm looking at at a specific scene and it's like oh shit, it could be interpreted a completely different way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have four people here now that who saw the movie, and I'm almost. 100% positive we all have different interpretations of different scenes within the movie. Absolutely. So a reason that makes this movie so great is just the ambiguity of it all. Like, everybody can have a different interpretation, like Juan just said, and they're all justified. The director, like, purposely didn't give us definitive answers because he wanted us to each pick up, like, kind of what we wanted to from the movie. And I think for the Joker, that works so well because this is a person who's never had an established backstory a lot of yeah. people stick with the killing joke where he was the failed comedian kind of as the main... Is that where he falls into like a vat? Of yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the main, uh, his main uh, origin, yeah. but no one's ever actually proven it. Like, even Batman's not sure, and this is his greatest villain, you know? Yeah. If you haven't read The Killing Joke, it's the it's a story that was uh, the first, the Jack Nicholson interpretation, or Jack Nicholson is the Joker. That one followed pretty closely to The Killing Joke. Yeah. So... But the movie I, definitely took aspects from that too, and it's, this is what makes this movie so unique. It's, it's just different, different backstories all kind of meshed into one for the Joker, to where it's a completely new story for him, and and he has a different backstory. And you know, towards the end of the movie, at the final scene, it could all be interpreted as to where it's like, was this backstory? Did this backstory even happen, or was this yeah, just a, a yeah. completely different story that? The Joker was telling the psychiatrist across the table from him. Yeah. So on that note, this is actually a thought I just had. If I was doing these, this movie, this Joker movie, if I was the director, the writer, um, what I would really want to do uh, is I would make three, four, five Joker movies, and they would all be completely original, completely different origin stories that he tells different psychiatrists. You know what I mean? Like this idea. This oh, idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be pretty cool. I would pay a lot of money to see that. Like four different movies where he is just... Because, I mean, even... Sorry, even Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, you know, he when people ask him about the scars and all this stuff, he tells a different story every time. Every he's, single he's time. He's an insane person. Yeah. And then, like you talked about the origin of Joker in the comic series, like uh, there's a hundred... Not a hundred, you know what I mean? But there's several different iterations of how the Joker come to be. Yes. I would love to see multiple movies of different iterations of what made the Joker. Mm-hmm. And to be interesting, I think, too, would be to retain that ambiguity. Because I think that's sort of a comment on the, the inconstancy, the fluidity of his mind, his mental illness. You know what I mean? Uh, because like we all talked about... We all saw a very ambiguous movie, and we all had different opinions about it. I think that may have been a subtle sort of play on the thought process of a mentally ill person because it is fluid, it is ambiguous, mm-hmm. and, and not concrete. And I think maybe that's what jarred a lot of people. Like, to be honest, it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have, me and Vincent talked about this earlier, if you've never interacted with someone or had a loved one or yourself suffered from any kind of mental illness, this movie is probably very jarring yeah, because it's an observation that, you know, would be like a bird describing the bottom of the ocean, you know. Yeah. Uh, but for people who 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 do suffer from some sort of weird, you know, mental mental illness, even if it's something as mild as depression or, or anxiety, yeah. you can 
fucking relate. You it's, know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's like it's wild how much you can see. So um, yeah, I feel like if you go into this movie expecting it to be just a very simple plot A, plot B, plot C, and then just wrap up, you're gonna be very disappointed because it's gonna require you to think a little bit. Because you gotta understand that the Joker is a very unreliable narrator. Everything he says, he may not even believe himself. He's just a like like John said about the Dark Knight, how he always gives different backstories. It may come to a point he doesn't even know the backstory. He just says whatever fits the bill because he's just he doesn't care for reality. He's not living in he's just kind of no. living in his own world. Back his origin doesn't really matter to him. He can it's change, important to him. Yeah, yeah, he can change yeah. it on a whim. So everything that happens in this movie, you can't take for just straight fact. You know, a good example is everybody was telling him that his mother's crazy. Oh, spoiler, whatever. <laughs> Everyone's telling him that his mother's crazy, that he was adopted. But at the very end, he has a picture of his mother, and on the back is saying Thomas Wayne, you know, is mentioning how he loves her smile. And the whole thing in this movie is that he thinks Thomas Wayne is his real father. And a lot of people are like, well, no, there's no way because, you know, Batman, he knows, or the way Bruce Wayne always portrayed Thomas Wayne is that he's a perfect guy. He was a great doctor. In this movie, he's a mayor. He was he was going to be a great mayor. Like, he's just perfect. But this is, a ten, this is coming from a 10-year-old's narrative who just lost his parents at the very end of this movie. You know, he's they're gunned down by Joe Chill. In, in all, a seemingly random crime. Yeah. yeah. So to know. a 10 year old, all he sees is the random crime. He doesn't know the issues behind it. He just sees that his two loving parents were shot down. He's He doesn't care what they've done before. Like in his eyes, they're going to be internalized as being perfect. You got to try, you just got to understand where the narration's coming from. And that's what makes this movie so good. It's like in the very beginning, he's in an asylum. Some people can make the argument that he never left the asylum and that this was all just made up, fabricated in his head, and they wouldn't be wrong. Yeah. It's there's so much to this movie. It's like in, I, I honestly haven't watched a movie like this, and I can't even remember when. You know, yeah. where yeah. like everybody's defense is pretty justified, except for just basic like. Except for Zach. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's a very thought provoking movie, and that's the best part of it. Like. I was talking to these guys earlier, and I kept saying that you could follow the movie from the very beginning and kind of predict what was going on. But if you went back and saw it, you'd be like, oh, shit, well, I missed that point of view. Um, one, of, one of the points that we were talking about is whenever he has his neighbor in the same apartment complex, he has um, this made up, and, and we guys, we, we predicted it at, at at the last podcast, that I we, didn't we, see it coming. We honest, we thought that she was gonna be like made up, right? Well, you know, he you you see it to where like Joker's talking to this girl. He has a re- ongoing relationship with her, and then out of out of nowhere, you know, he it doesn't exist. And so in that scene when he's at her apartment, it it's kind of left up to to interpretation whether did if he killed her or not. Yeah, right? what was your, what was my, my my idea is that he didn't, um, but only because I don't think the movie was real. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I kind of want to say he didn't just because, um, kind of give him some leeway too, because I I thought he didn't kill that other that other clown that went in there or that the the smaller person he didn't kill him and killed Randall the bigger guy yeah, right, yeah, but yeah. didn't kill the smaller guy. Um, so if he had the capacity to let him go 
like live mm. i thought he'd have the capacity to let this girl live but you know you guys brought up a very good point saying that it's like well you know you, it never really shows what he did or didn't do mm. and then gunner was talking about how you never for the whole time where he's he's in this apartment he's already killed these three dudes killed this other guy um you don't ever see cops coming to him and like banging on this door right and so he goes into his, this girl's apartment and there's like it's just a random stranger and this woman is a single mother with her kid mm-hmm. why would she not immediately call the cops yeah. or try and do something to save herself and her kid mm-hmm. she, she knows that he's like mentally unstable he knows the two in that apartment are mentally unstable because she's like is there anyone I can call where's yeah. mom yeah like, she's aware uh, that he has a mom that you know cares yeah. for him and vice versa it's just odd that she wouldn't call the cops yeah. to be like, "Hey, just so you know, this guy broke into my apartment." Yeah, it's it, it goes back. Maybe to she feels bad thing. Like bad for because it seems like she feels like he's some kind of simple character. Yeah, she and see, that's that's kind of the interpretation I had. It, it was more so like she has sympathy for him and just, like just wants like to let a, him be mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. A and it's like or something yeah, it's like maybe parents, he he's yeah. he's just here as a mistake. He's not gonna harm me or yeah. my daughter. Yeah. He went to go go buy his. This is the simple guy that lives down yeah, here. Yeah. He's not gonna hurt me. Yeah. yeah. Another example of what makes this movie good because all of these are valid reasons. You know. Like, just, yeah, I mean, there's so much ambiguity. Like, uh, as far if if you saw the theatrical version, you would understand, or you would see that like there was no real proof that he actually killed the girl and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, you know, he showed br- the brutal murders that he did to other people and stuff, but with her, it didn't show it, and um, it had it it. It brought up the question, like, did he actually kill her? If she was real, of course. Um, I just, just so we're on the same page. I, I choose to believe that everything was real because it's more fun for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think, yeah. uh, I think he did actually. So kill you like her. to accept the film at face value from the. I think, I think if I, because when when we go back and think about, um, oh, it turns out it was all an illusion the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think that takes away. Just, just me. That sort of ruins the movie. Right? It, yeah, yeah, it kind of it yeah. ruins it for me because, like, yeah. it's like, well, that kind of sucks because. I don't really give a shit about your dreams. Like, I want to yeah. know what's... Like, I want yeah, yeah, yeah. to see what actually happens and stuff. But, like, it... But then again, like, it's the joke we're talking about. And, like, if he goes back and he's just telling stories and stuff like that, that's also another really cool thing, but... It um, makes you wonder, though, because that, that whole relationship, uh, according to the Joker's interpretation that we see in the movie, the whole relationship with that girl uh, was not real. You know yeah. I mean? He developed a relationship with her. Let's, you know what I mean? Nuts. Like... It was, uh, he spent time with her. There was, you know, maybe a little bit of romantic involvement that did not happen. That, you know, you know. And she was maybe. also very supportive of him. Like, yeah, she yeah. went to his shows, to his stand up comedy yeah. shows. She was there when the mother was in the hospital. Closed the door yeah. behind them, you know, and yeah. he kissed her and stuff like that. None of that happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the movie alludes to the fact that that was not real. You know, so and I think they do that as long as well as showing him going on a Robert De Niro show before you know yeah. before he actually does it and he has this whole monologue where Robert De Niro is basically telling him oh like you're a great guy like he I wish you were my him. son my like son. how, yeah. how he vividly he dad. makes these like imaginations like in his head it's like it puts into question everything that's going on and I think that's purposely done so you're so someone that's watching could be like, well, how do we know what's going on is actually happening or he's just imagining it? The, the crazy part to me is is how I didn't catch on to it while I was watching. I, I think I was so overwhelmed by like how, um, and I'm going to say this vaguely, like how uncomfortable I was. Like I, I don't, I'm, I'm not really that weirded out by violence. Like yeah. I, at this point, 
this amount of media that we have, it's got it's fucking American. But like, yeah. uh, I like being around people that are like mentally unstable or just weird or like have like some weird social aspect that I, that like makes you uncomfortable. They did a really good job at that. But yeah. um, I think the uh, mm, mm, um, I, think, uh, <laughs> so I hate when that happens so much. Neil totally yeah. forgot I, his no, I, no, I, 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 Everything is live no, and raw, no uncut I, yes. I, just had, <laughs> I just had so many ideas in my head when uh, you were talking about uh, him. Oh, it, the, the fact that I couldn't, uh, I didn't catch on to it. So, throughout the whole movie, like at the very beginning, it shows you that. He makes up little scenarios in his head, mm-hmm. and like he—that's mm-hmm. what he dreams about, and it's yeah, like an aspiration yeah. and stuff. And like I was just thinking, it was like something that he wanted. Um, and then he would—he would also play out. Uh, he did like actual scenarios where he was—it would show not the reality, but it would—it would show it would show the reality, but not his dream. Mm-hmm. So he was sitting on the couch, like going back and forth between like what he would say, like oh, you know, I, I, it's really great for you to have me. Oh shit, hold on, let me, let me restart. Oh, it was really great to have like you know. He kept doing that. Yeah. But then it would also show the other side where it was his reality. Mm-hmm, so like it mm-hmm. went back and forth. So it's just like ambiguity, questions. I have no idea what's going on, but yeah. I think I have an idea what's going on. Yeah. And, and interesting, really well done. interesting thing that I took about away from this movie is like, uh, so I, 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 I've, uh, my roommate freshman year of college was autistic. He was full blown autistic, and and then I've I've met several people and interacted with several people that had Aspergers or you know autism spectrum or right. something like that. And a lot of these mannerisms are common uh, mm. on that spectrum. And I know that's going to incense some people that are listening to this. The, the characteristics that they portrayed in the Joker are really uh, an autist who, who becomes a psychopath. Not that autists do that, right. but, you know, that's kind of like the, the personalities, the mannerisms, things like that. And I think one thing that was kind of important to show is in his first fantasy that we see where, you know, he's socially awkward. He's a strange guy. You know, he wants to do these things. And Robert De Niro is very kind to him and patient and says, I think you're a great guy. You know, I wish I had a son like you, you know, and all this stuff. It really just goes to show, um, you know, sometimes these people, these, these socially awkward people or people who are on the spectrum, man, if you're just a little nice to them, treat yeah. them normal, overlook the social faux pas that they don't even know they're doing, you can really change someone's life mm-hmm. you know what i mean just be kind to people you yeah. know what i mean well the very beginning scene he gets his ass kicked by a yeah. bunch of kids yeah. right yeah. and then he goes to his work and tells them what's going on <laughs> and the boss doesn't believe him because yeah. he's weird yeah and it's like yeah. oh no i can't believe you because you're a fucking weirdo the other your other co-workers don't like you because you're weird yeah so <clears throat> In the beginning of the movie, he's just a clown that carries a sign, you know, for certain businesses. And these kids run up and steal a sign for no reason, no gain, no nothing. They're just doing it to be fucking shithead kids. And they lure him away. So that's yeah. something else I realized so, later. They lured him so away. So they lure the Joker into a alleyway, and they just beat, they bash the sign against his head, break it, and then they just beat the shit out of him. They don't Steal. take anything. No, I, <laughs> no, they do. They, 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 they do. They sign to beat them with it. No, they took. Yeah. They they said like grab his shit and then uh, yeah, run off. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So it's like you know he got beat up. So he goes to his boss, you know, looking for sympathy, and his boss is like, "Why the fuck would they take your sign? Like that's stupid." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "But that's what happened. He's got bruises to show it." But his boss, you know, everybody said, "Look, dude, I didn't beat my own ass." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his boss and like along with all most of his coworkers, you know, they're just so used to him being weird that they just it's. 
they're more comfortable just thinking like, yeah, he just did it to himself, you know, for attention or whatever or reason. Or somebody beat his ass for being weird. Yeah. And I'm sure they can empathize with that because they're, they're assholes. Yeah, and know? it's like, so they just blow him off. And I feel like maybe that's what's getting all these people upset about, like, watching the movie is... They don't want to be kind of awkward. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, maybe. It's I like it's, I think it's weird. they don't like to see that you know people's actions have consequences. Like it's easier just to portray everybody that's doing all these violent acts as just a monster. Yeah. It's like, yeah. but no one yeah. starts out in the world as a monster. There's build up to it, build they, up to it. Maybe if we spent more time focusing, kind of on like what what's leading up to these situations. Yeah. You know, Joker. There was ton. I mean, it's easy to look through his eyes. It's like, but there was a lot of places where people could have interjected and been like hey man you need help or like you're going through some tough shit but you know he just never had that break you know at first well even when he's in the in the bus he's like the kid is staring at him and he's making the kid laugh and what does the mom say stop bothering my fucking kids yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and he gives her a card and it's like i'm sorry i'm laughing but it's not because the situation i have a disorder and what does she do she just ignores the fact right she just ignores it and instead of like apologizing and be like oh shit i'm sorry in fact she even like shakes her head because he keeps doing it and she's just you know looking ahead but like she's super annoyed that he's laughing something that he can't even control because he was beat as a kid had severe brain damage and it's like that's it's really fucked up, but it's like it very well parallel like parallels like kind of our society, you know? Yeah. But that's where it should that's stop. What, that's that's what, where it should that's stop. That's what people don't want to do. Is and this is actually an accusation that I've heard that really frustrates me because it's a common trope. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about politics, but in politics, common trope is you're victim blaming. Oh, these kids bullied this weird kid, you're victim blaming. He killed them with an AR fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, this guy, you know, shot up his college or did this or that or killed him, you know, whatever. You're victim blaming. Mm-hmm. You're sympathizing with an evil person. And it's like what you're failing to realize is that it is evil to take an assault rifle and go somewhere and, and kill a bunch of people. Sure. That's that's it's indisputably an evil thing to do. But it is also evil to take someone who is a strange person because of whatever reason, they're abused at home, they're poor, they're on the spectrum, they're racially, sexually, uh, whatever, different from you, and bully them into developing a psychological disorder. Or witnessing someone with a psychological disorder or a developmental disorder and bullying them until they fucking shoot up a school. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't want to like, because there have been clear-cut examples. The kids at Columbine, they were evil. They shot up that fucking school. Yeah. You know what I mean? For no reason. But there have been other instances where people are very quick to say, don't victim blame, don't victim blame, don't, don't, don't question why this person did this. And it's like, no, we need to have the conversation. You're, there's people that are vulnerable psychologically in our society that we are just letting get shit all over. Yeah. And I think it's a very poignant observation of our society. And by the way, we're not justifying any of the horrible no, actions. No, 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 not at like, all. I know like I said, it's just an opinion. So, it's just an opinion. It's just an observation. So, so yeah. people are so quick to be like, well, you're justifying... You, you're, you're trying to justify why they did what they did. No, you're trying to empathize with yeah, them. Yeah, they made Joker. Joker's a horrible person in the comics. He's an evil guy. This movie's showing his transition to that point. Yeah. All the things he did, yes, they were they were evil. You know, even so, the first two guys that he kills, they're beating him up, and he kills them basically in self defense. But the third guy, who's trying to run away, he goes out and executes. Like yeah. he goes out of his way to hunt that dude down and finish him off, and then everything on is just kind of his justification is you know they treated me wrong even Robert De Niro's character who he never had actually met other than 
you know, he saw him on the television. He was trying to get him on the show. To mock him. Yeah, to mock him. him. Yeah. But, uh. But that's like I no, said. No, it's like, know, no, we're not just, we're not, not saying. We're not justifying any of that stuff. Just saying we're that just saying nobody that they, wants to have that conversation. We're saying yeah. even for someone like the Joker, I think that this movie's trying to show is he didn't just one day decide to be the Joker. Uh, it yeah. was, they were. He's a, not a cartoonishly evil character. Yeah, yeah they was. You know, he was created. He didn't come out the womb, you know, <laughs> in the makeup. Like, he, it's, yeah. it's, it's just like. I think it's hard for people to sympathize. I mean, the first, like, quarter of the movie is really depressing. Like, I thought that was going to be the general tone for the whole movie, but, like, at the point where he finally gets... Actually, right when he... When he gets the gun and stuff like that and uh, the the train scene happens, Mm -hmm. I think right after that he goes into her bathroom and starts doing the weird dance to like mm-hmm. the really mm-hmm. god the fucking the, the cinematography the, 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 music. Music. No, the music yeah. the score fucking yeah. great I actually watched the video right before we got here or, uh, I thought you were tripping about all those sick dance moves I was like yeah he's pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah man no, he was good <laughs> so, he is pretty good they actually made the music before they went in mm. and put the movie which apparently is the opposite of what usually happens so like it was cool to see how that happens, but yeah, definitely people don't like to sympathize with evil people, and you definitely had to bringing it bringing it back a little bit to the whole girlfriend theory, just a bit, just uh, another reason why I don't think he actually killed her. Um, and I'm glad you brought it up. So every time he killed somebody, there was music in him dancing. I don't know if you guys picked Ooh. up on that during the movie. So like, he killed those three dudes, went and ran into the bathroom, started dancing, right, or started. It, it almost seemed like it was liber- liberating for him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and making him closer. With every shot, he was getting closer to being the Joker, right? And to where at the end of the movie, he shoots Robert De Niro's character, and then he's dancing on fucking stage, mm-hmm. yeah. right? He kills Randall, Randall, and, then and he's dancing, yeah, dancing, yeah, killing good. Randall, yeah, right? But very good point. At the very end, where you think he's walking down the hallway, you see the bloody footsteps. He's, he's dancing, killed the psychiatrist, killed yes, the psychiatrist yeah, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, okay, I, that's that's no, another no, reason why that's, I think, that's like, very, you know, very good. What? Very good observation. Something. If he did, he killed that psychiatrist. If he did kill the girl, I think it would ruin it for me. Well. No. <laughs> so, I'm also I, a big I, fan of that actress. I think she's fucking hot. Yeah, Domino and Deadpool. So I think if so, to combat that, or just like to if if he did kill her, and like but he did dance with the other ones, that girl never did really anything except mm-hmm. kind of like be just some neutral person. So I think if he did kill her, he would. I don't know if you have a neutral back. reaction. Yeah, he would have like a neutral reaction because like when he is a psychopath. Well, every time I mean, if we're well, being, every, you know, yeah. every person he killed, yeah. to an extent, or in the movie at least, wronged has him. wronged him yeah. in some way. Has been like some type of asshole to yeah. an extent to where he he needed to like defend himself or like he felt it justified to do so. But with her, it was just an imagination. And to be fair, he never. I quote unquote broke up with her in the imagination so I'm yeah. sure he still has this fake reality or this yeah fake understanding of their relationship yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think yeah. He, so if he did kill her he wouldn't have felt because every single time he dances I feel like it's like something else clicks like a dial clicks up a little bit more like I have power now. Mm-hmm. I have power now. I have more power now. Well, now even I, when he killed a, his mom, like that yeah. was the that was the last turning point. That, yeah. Like right before he killed Randall, like he had mm-hmm. 
killed his mom and uh, it started changing, right? I guess he didn't dance when he killed his mom, though. But, I mean, but, he started changing. Well, the next yeah. scene right after. Right? I think so. Might have been a double... Uh, <laughs> maybe, dance. Maybe. <laughs> there may have been a neuropsychological basis for the dancing. So, he suffers from that condition. They don't name it in the movie, but it's pseudo bulbar effect. It's a uh, usually caused by either an organic brain disease, like a... Uh, like a uh, like a tumor, or either that, or it's a, a traumatic injury to the brain, and which, it causes which in the movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the movie, he, he's told as a kid that his wife or his mom and uh, her stepdad or who Be- just whoever seems with, boyfriend, yeah, 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 it would like beat the shit out. So of I have him. a question about the laughing yeah. because at one point I need to go watch it again because I did not, uh, mm-hmm. I, it just kind of passed over really fast. It was right when he found out that uh, he was in the movie. At least I don't know, I don't know what's real, what's not real, but in the movie, at least. Uh, he finds out that uh, his mom's crazy. Uh, he was adopted by her, and everything she says Allegedly. is a lie. Allegedly, I, I don't think he believes it. So, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't even know what to believe. But uh, I, I think, think he kills his mom, though. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is kind of a. Uh, yeah. uh, I think. Uh, damn. You think he didn't do it? No. no um, where he kills the mom? So he mm. finds out she's crazy. Yeah, yeah. He, he's in he's in Arkham and he's trying to steal the the documentation. Oh, the laughing. Yes, yeah. the laughing. He um, at one point he says uh, it was made up because she apparently had told him that it was a condition that he had mm-hmm. or whatever. But every single time he laughs, it doesn't. It's always it's always something that's triggered on him. It's There's never a point, I don't think there was in the movie at least, that he just laughed randomly, um, aside from the very beginning scene when he's laughing in the, the psychiatrist's office. But that could have been triggered too. But it was always in inappropriate times. If like, yeah, something so, bad happened yeah, or like, yeah. anything like that, he that's, laughed. That's... And then he, like, he said it's fake and stuff like that. And he said, uh, like, in reality, it, I, I don't know exactly so what happened. You, you're trying reality, to say he, that, like, he was told that it's a condition, but it's really just him laughing at the situation. Yeah, because he, yeah. like he thinks genuine. it's funny. There are yeah. fucked up shit happen. Like, he so just yeah. it's funny. It, it could be that it's not suitable for effect. It could be, like I said earlier, that, uh, like I said, not to incense anyone, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it, it could be that it's not suitable for effect that he's on the spectrum and that he doesn't understand the social, mm-hmm. the social uh, appropriateness of his reaction. And because of the abuse he suffered, he may have some sort of severe anxiety that uh, laughter is yeah. uh, is in his mind an innate response to the, the feeling of anxiety that he has. So I still do think that there's a biological basis for it. So even if it's not um, pseudobulbar effect, I, I, I do think it's uncontrollable. I, and well, it is, you I, know. See, uh, what Neil's trying to say is, because there was a point, like, you know, everyone diagnosed him with it, but after that scene where he kills his mom, it's like he just starts laughing. You know, mm-hmm. like, when he makes the joke about He's on Robert De Niro's like talk yeah, show, and he fun. makes a joke about, "Oh, knock knock, who's there?" It's like, "Oh, we're the police. Uh, your your son was just killed in a hit and run accident." And like yeah. everybody's like, "Oh my god, that's not funny." And he thought yeah. it was funny. Yeah, it's like he finally just stopped pretending like that these things weren't funny because society tells him he that it's not that funny. It's not funny. I, I, yeah, He's like, I, "I'm tired I, of pretending that this exactly. isn't funny." So you there's know what I mean? I, yeah, I have three points. So he feels a lot happier when he just lets the laughing go because it's yeah. like he's not. He's not blaming like he's because he's off his meds. Like he genuinely thinks like that. It's just him. Like yeah. he's just so I'm tired like, of pretending. Yeah, that these it's, things aren't. Yeah, it's like for all we know, it's like these, this whole movie, everything that he was laughing at is his genuine laughter. But you just think. I 
three three things to prove that was the De Niro show for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, the one where he's in the comedy club listening to someone who's actually telling some like pretty okay jokes. Like when mm-hmm. they were telling jokes, they weren't bad. Like you could hear him in the background and stuff. And like I was actually like kind of like oh that's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not laugh at any punchlines. He only laughed in weird spots. Yeah. And that was that was another way for the director to see he's uncomfortable. And then when he's watching, um, I mean this one's not as good of a point, but like when he's watching uh, Thomas Wayne on the thing and he calls him a clown or whatever and like they're just talking about like the atrocities and stuff and he's, he like laughs and kind of like leans back a little bit and the mom's like that's not funny and like, yeah. so that know, also like, that also sort of points out even these these conditions don't exist in a vacuum so nowhere in the movie does it say that he has pseudo bulbar effect that's something mm-hmm. that i just sort of thought uh because of the tbi he suffered as a child yeah um but real quickly uh you can have pseudo bulbar effect or you can have an autism spectrum disorder and uh, you can laugh at things appropriately. You can laugh at things appropriately. Mm-hmm. Just because you laugh inappropriately at times doesn't mean that you don't also, at times, laugh at things appropriately. Right. So the, 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 it's not an all-or-nothing proposition. He, he could have the condition, but also laugh at things inappropriately because he finds them amusing, yeah. not just because it's a neurological disorder. Well, so. for more to Neil's point, even in the subway scene, he had just lost his fucking job. Yeah. Right, he had just and lost his job because, up. and he cracks up, and he's yeah. just cracking up, and he sees these guys um, harassing this girl, throwing fries at her and stuff, and then so he just starts laughing. You know, he's looking at her. The girl is looking at him, making eye contact, like help, me. help, yeah, me, yeah. <laughs> help me, right? And then so what does he do? Just start laughing. So yeah, putting what Neil said into context is like he could be laughing because he actually thought that was funny. Her just getting bullied, it, like it puts a different spin on everything when you take look at it like that. Like me, you know, the whole movie, it's like he's trying to, you know, he's being a failed comedian because what he finds funny is just not what normal people find funny. Mm-hmm. But at the very end, you know, the only time he genuinely, genuinely laughs is when he's thinking about Bruce Wayne, you know, and his parents being killed. Like that's the only time you, you see a legit like kind of like happy laugh from him. He's actually tickled. Yeah, he's actually yeah, tickled. Yeah, yeah. And it's like uh, to anybody else, you know, they think it's tragic. It's like, but once he stops taking the meds, once he stops, you know, trying to fit into like society's standards, he just kind of lets himself go. And it's like, then you start to really see kind of like just who the Joker is. And it's like I kind of like that they established like the only time that he had that genuine laugh is with Batman, who's one day gonna. Or Bruce Wayne, who's one day going to be Batman, you know? Yeah, and they're going to have this as great dichotomy. A, as someone with a mental illness, I can relate so fucking much. When he said, <laughs> when he said I'm tired of pretending this isn't funny. And I was like, you're yeah. goddamn right. Like, I'm also tired of pretending this shit isn't funny. No, but, uh, My life's not a tragedy, love, it's no, a comedy. I, I love that thought. I love the thought that he has to um, conform to society, mm-hmm. and that's his actual mask. Yeah, but in reality, like it's him so putting ironic. on the makeup was his true self. Exactly, you know? it's so ironic yeah. that like to take off the makeup is for him to put on the mask of like someone that he's really not. And when he finally gets off the meds and he's like, "Oh, I feel great" or whatever, mm-hmm. and he gets to be who he really wants to be. That's when he becomes like yes. happy. That's yeah, the only thing that brings him happiness. Yeah. And it's like Joaquin Phoenix is a- acting so great that you see like he's just kind of uncomfortable. Like I-, I mentioned last podcast, like even in the trailers. When he's just being Arthur Fleck, you know, just in his normal attire, he looks just uncomfortable. Like, he's just kind of defeated, you know, he's just going through the motions of his life. 
but uh once he starts wearing the suit and the makeup it's like you see him like start to change he's he gets more confidence in his stride he's walking with swagger that he didn't have without it it's like you see a physical transformation and i think that's so cool and like what we were just talking about how he discards his mask as arthur fleck and just lets himself be the joker you know like he's just he's happy and it's like the only other person that's like that is bruce wayne you know because like superman he puts on he puts on an identity to be to be clark kent you know everybody has an alter ego but bruce wayne is the alter ego for batman like batman is the true you know character and it's i I like seeing that you know the parallels between joker and batman in that regard you know like he's not his batman's mask is bruce wayne joker's mask is arthur fleck it's very cool yeah once again it's like i'm super into this movie speaking on the parallels (laughs) that you just pointed out um and I was talking to you guys earlier about this, but the biggest the biggest quote of the movie for me that stuck out the most is when Thomas Wayne was getting interviewed uh, and was given his thoughts on on the killings of the three Wall Street guys and that they're saying that there was a guy wearing a clown mask and he, he goes on and says something along the lines of like, people who wear masks are clowns mm-hmm. or cowards. Yeah. Right, and it's just, it's just <laughs> hilarious because people that know Batman, that know the story, that know Thomas Wayne, that know the Joker, his son grows up to be, in his eyes would grow up to be the biggest coward yeah, because sure. his son becomes Batman. Batman wears the the mask all the time, yeah. and like uh, alluding to what Gunner is saying, Batman is who he is. Bruce Wayne is Batman's alter ego. Yeah. Right, and so uh, that that's just one of the, the biggest quotes that stuck out to me the most in that movie. Um, we just can't say enough good things about it. Um, so let's kind of switch it up. So honestly, it's just uh, <laughs> I, I'm seeing a lot of articles of people trying to warn others off this movie. One, get an opinion for yourself. Watch this, watch something before you judge it. And two, go go out and watch it. It's a really great movie. It's there's so much that you can dissect from it. It's honestly it's it's thought provoking in the sense that, you know, we've spent the last 37 minutes. Like we've all got different ideas and none of them would be technically wrong. Like we all have ways to back it up. And it's like, that's, you, think, you yeah. just don't get that with movies now. That's yeah. just alluding to what the Joker is yeah. too. I think, uh, I think there's like a good stigma with like superhero movies and stuff like that. And like how they're supposed to be And this one was like completely different. So as someone who has watched this and has watched other superhero movies or have seen things and like, or has seen the expectation of what this movie was like, quote unquote, supposed to be or whatever, go into it, don't even think about The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger's interpretation of The Joker was perfect for that movie, mm-hmm. right? If Heath Ledger were to go into this movie, it wouldn't make sense. Mm-hmm. This movie was made uh, very, very intimate and very, very personal to one character. There's not going to be like a ton of action. There is action, but there's not going to be like a ton of action. There's not going to be like a bunch of crazy like CGI effects and shit like that. Explosions. But that's, it, that's not what the movie's about. So yeah. like when you go into it, think about that. Also, I wouldn't recommend this movie to everyone. Now, I don't. I don't say that because it's not because it's not a good movie. It's a fucking great movie. But it will make you feel uncomfortable at times, and not because like you know like oh like gore doesn't really affect me personally mm-hmm. or anything, but like. There's a lot of things in this movie that you're gonna notice about maybe someone that you know or something like we 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 mentioned this before but like it's 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 a little disturbing 
um, but it's not enough to where you'll need to leave the movie theater or anything like that. So. To kind of tie kind of tie things up, what was the the worst thing about you about the movie for you, Gunner? <laughs> it's gonna sound messed up, but for me, honestly, it wasn't super dark. As you know, as much as people are saying that it is. For the Joker, like this is very tame. Mm-hmm. Joker is a person that will go, you know, blow up an orphanage or a hospital, and that's just like another Tuesday for him. Yeah. In this movie, it was very, very tame in like what it decided to show. Not that it wasn't great. I know it's it's a great movie. It's like, but it. So it, it could have for as, it could have been way way darker, and it still would have fit the bill for being the Joker. Mm-hmm. I think. What about you, Neil? What um, was your what was your most disliked moment or uh, so aspect of the movie? The only thing that makes me a little upset was I don't know how old Tom or Arthur Fleck is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know um, I always say his name wrong. Uh, is it Jaquan? Is it I don't Joaquin? Joaquin. Joaquin. Uh, Joaquin. <laughs> I, I literally I can never say Phoenix. Mister Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, he. Um, I know he's like an older guy and stuff like that. But when I think about uh, the future, because like you know the the movie ends. Um, oh man, we need to talk about the ending. If when the movie ends, uh, it's we, we alluded to you, it. You kind of like you kind of think about him, like uh, him and the uprising that is going to be Bruce Wayne becoming Batman and his like obsession with Bruce Wayne that or Batman, I guess. And uh, he's really old. He's like he he looks way older than you know what I'm saying like. No, by, yeah, by he's a... Bruce Wayne's gonna have to be old enough. Like Bruce Wayne isn't like a young Batman. I mean, the best Bruce Wayne in my eyes is when he's older and he's mm-hmm. fucking like going crazy because his fucking Robins keep dying and leaving and like he can't hold on to anything. So like, I don't know. It just seems it it makes me sad because like I know there's not gonna be another one like this and like in the future I can't see like a old grandpa Joker like. <laughs> <laughs> just being crazy so I like that this is a standalone I'm gonna interject I hope it stays a standard standalone it needs to be to be honest I don't care for the DC expanded universe I think they dropped the ball with pretty much like pretty much every aspect no. at this point so uh they had the greatest casting with Henry Cavill Ben Affleck Gal Gadot and they just ruined it you know with all these shit movies Birds of Prey can't wait to tear into that movie. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be awful. But, oh, no, this this needs to be its own thing. It's a great, it's a great movie. It's a it's a great character study. It, Dark Knight was an action movie. Like there was, that Joker was just it. Like Neil said, just completely different from what this movie needed. Uh, Honestly, if DC kept with this kind of tone of movies, like just more character studies of like different villains, because honestly, people go to the these hero movies to see the villains. Mm-hmm. You know, the first mm-hmm. one's always an origin story for the hero, but they see the next two for the villain. If DC can do this with other characters, it's like, I'm super excited. They could tap into a whole new market that's Marvel hasn't gotten. Just villain I mean, central. Marvel yeah. has yet to keep a villain. You know, for longer than one movie, they have a. Uh, they have a tendency to kill them off the same movie and it's like you cut off so many potential storylines that yeah. when you do that the dc it's like this is your this is your ticket you know yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I yeah to combat yeah to go off like what you, the uh, the i go the we go see them for the villains you have to really there's no way you can deny that because like 
when you look at the trilogy of the Dark Knight, which one was the worst and which one were, was the best? Mm-hmm. And it's literally in order. It's the one with Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's the best. I would it, arguably between him and Bane, I still think the Dark Knight was the best, but the one with Bane. Bane was, has was, the most memorable was, quote. Was, yeah, yeah was, was also another really good one. And which one does that people don't even realize was a fucking part of the trilogy was you know the, the first, one, first yeah. one with Scarecrow, which I haven't seen in a long time and I haven't wanted to go see it yeah, again because yeah, yeah. the the they didn't really I don't know it the because honestly how many times you guys see the origin story like we understand yeah. what yeah. happens but just skip it yeah the. Kind of wrap it back to the question I had earlier. I think the biggest biggest negative for me for the for the Joker movie um, it was too fucking short. Yeah, <laughs> oh, true. It Good. felt it felt like a longer movie than it was, mm-hmm. but it wrapped up extremely quick. Yeah, it, it was, was a long grind at the very beginning. You hit the climax, and then the movie's over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I needed more. I just, I just needed more. I thought it was, I thought it was a little too short for my taste. Where nowadays, where fucking hero movies are almost three hours long. Yeah. You give me a two-hour-long villain movie. Like, come on, man. Give me a two-hour and forty-five-minute movie. So I definitely watched it twice. And the first time, I was like, wow, this is kind of a long movie. And then the second time, I was like, wow, that was a lot shorter. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I got out of the theater. Uh, I started at like I think I started at nine o'clock, and you know after previews it was probably like nine fifteen, and then uh, I walked out of the theater and it was probably around eleven fifteen, so it was around two hours or whatever. But I actually thought it was like I was like, damn, that could have been a three hour movie. I don't really know because yeah, like, yeah. every scene is like really drawn out and really intense and it's building up and stuff like that. Um, it's funny that you say that because uh, the uh, on that video that I, if you guys haven't seen this video, there's a video on YouTube where the director uh, talks about uh, a few scenes from the movie, a few choice scenes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he talks mm-hmm. about um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix got it right. Jo- Joaquin Phoenix uh, <laughs> character choices in the mm-hmm. movie and like how he uh, was able to develop this character into like the one it was. Um, he said it was like he didn't like seeing. Um, the, they all have the origin story, obviously, uh, but he doesn't like seeing ones where it's like the origin part is only the first hour and then he becomes Superman and then does the Superman thing mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually said that he wanted to uh, make it to where the whole movie, it's almost like a dial is being uh, turned up the whole way and like eventually once it gets to the climax then he becomes like the full Joker and stuff like that. Now, I definitely would love to see more fucking the Joker in his fucking prime. Like, I'm, yeah. I, 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 well, I'm not a big fan of origin stories and stuff like this but like for for me it wasn't even so much so much give me more joker when he's joker Mm -hmm. like i I wanted i wanted more potential like i wanted more of him being a bad comic or him Mm -hmm. just you know getting down on his luck in life and like you know give me some more of that and and it was just you know it was like i said it was extremely long at the very beginning and once you hit the climax the movie ends yeah um but it was it was gratifying. Mm-hmm. All those all that buildup was gratifying, and I just felt like I it just it felt to me that I, I needed more. Okay, I, yeah. I it's more so, and because I, I completely agree with yeah, you yeah. on how the director made this movie just kind of started off really low and then build it up, build it up, build yeah. it up to where it's like climax, boom, movie ends, ending. We don't know if it's an actual ending or not, yeah. right? But that that's great. That's great. But I think I think. We're gonna wrap it up there, guys. I appreciate y'all for uh, <laughs> <laughs> listeners. Yo, what the fuck? John walked out for a bit. The final notes: great movie. Go see it. 
you will not regret it. Or you might. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but go watch it. Yeah, if you do, just don't shoot Robert De Niro, please. <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah, if you didn't like the movie, you disagree with what you said, just go ahead and, uh, I don't really know how you contact us, but, you know, write us a comment or, uh, you know, get, write us a letter and then just go in the fucking dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> if you like what you, if you like what you heard, just feel free to subscribe. Until next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.